0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well, that you're having or have had a Merry Christmas. If you're listening to this, it will be Christmas Eve. Is that right, Rob? That it would be. Coming out on Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and your family. Uh, Yeah. Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at an important release in gaming history and we talk about it. This week, however, is going to be a little different because it's Christmas week. This week we're going to be talking about games that are Christmas themed or are have Christmas in them, but aren't necessarily known for Christmas. So the challenge for... Was to pick a game that wasn't like Santa's Elf Bowling or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but was still relevant to Christmas. Uh, we also knocked out games like uh, easy ones, like Die Hard. And we each came up with a few games that we would briefly talk about. We're going to do a little mini-sode for today, just to have something to put out. And yeah, that's going to be it for today. Rob, did I miss anything in the criteria?
1: no dave i think you just about hit it right on the head
0: there it is well as always that voice that i failed to introduce ahead of time is my co-host my little elf (laughs) my co-host rob casson rob uh how's it going man
1: can't complain too much dave not like many people care to listen you know
0: you started your christmas vacation yet
1: uh yes still kind of working on on and off but technically i am on vacation through the end of the year
0: nice very very nice well, through the end of the year, got a lot of vacation left. That's good. That's awesome. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you excited for Christmas?
1: You know, it Christmas isn't really that big of a deal to me. It is what it is. I enjoy it, but you know, I to me, it's just another day.
0: Well, you at least get presents.
1: You know, <laughs> gifts are gifts are gifts. <sighs> it's more about spending time with loved ones, Dave.
0: Yeah, I know. Does dad still go ape shit on Christmas?
1: Uh.
0: Or has he toned it down in his older years?
1: I don't really know if it was him or Christina, but I also think that Christina has stuff for the kids. So.
0: So it looks like there's a big Christmas. Oh,
1: there's so many things. Uh, gotcha. I don't even know where to Got put stuff that I have to wrap. I haven't even. I, I just started wrapping today and I barely have room for anything.
0: Hmm. Well that's cool though. I mean it's better to have too much room no room than too much room or whatever it is. I I don't know. Christmas is fun. I I like giving gifts. I don't know, I like giving gifts.
1: Giving Uh, more than receiving. That's
0: Yeah, Yeah, I never liked receiving. I hate being the center of attention.
1: Same. And look what we do now.
0: I know it's ridiculous. But I don't I don't I don't want someone to misinterpret my reaction to their gift. Because I enjoy everything that's given to me, but not everything to me. Like I just don't, I don't feel the need to be like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever."
1: Yeah, like, exactly. I'm hey, with you this on that. Is,
0: this is a nice practical gift. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> well, Christmas-themed games that aren't necessarily about Christmas. Uh, we both went into this blind. I don't know what games you picked out, and you don't know what games I picked out. Is that correct?
1: That it is.
0: Do you think I've played the games that you picked out?
1: I, yeah, I definitely think that you have. If not the exact ones that I had picked out, I would definitely say you played games within the series. Mhm. Okay. Do you think I've played don't... the ones that you're talking about?
0: No, I don't. No. I also have the luxury of like 10 plus more years of video game history to pick from, though. So, yeah, very true. I, it puts you at a little bit of a disadvantage. But you know, <laughs> I, gotta find I,
1: one for me somewhere, Dave.
0: One of the things that I think is fun is the potential to introduce new people to old good video games. You or anyone who's listening, so I like picking stuff that might be out of out of the ordinary um that's worthy of a playthrough that that maybe you haven't had a reason to to play like. You know, in the case of one of them, there's no modern version of the game, and so you'd have never had an introduction to the series. But it's, in my opinion, worth going back to play said game. Well, I'm going to give you the luxury of the first up. So, what you got for me?
1: Okay. So, first up, we have a downloadable content pack for the game Saints Row 4. Oh. So, Saints Row 4 had a DLC, a mission pack, that was known as How the Saints Save Christmas. And the story resolves around your character who isn't caring enough to rescue Santa from a Matrix like simulation. And the Saints try to cheer you up to, you know, with the true meaning of Christmas. Um, The missions within the game, uh, within the missions within the DLC, included Miracle on Third Street, The Fight Before Christmas, and the Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-Z. You know, these all definitely reminiscent Miracle on 4th Street, The Night Before Christmas, and obviously Santa Claus. Within it, you also had uh, different vehicles, the Flying Reindeer in Santa's sleigh, and there was a Christmas dubstep gun, and of course, you cannot talk about Christmas without the Red Rider BB gun. You'll poke your eye out. No, not quite you'll shoot your eye out kid <laughs>
0: Did you play Saints Row 4 once it was like released in its entirety So wasn't it wasn't it released like in the what was that the presidential pack Didn't I buy you this?
1: Uh that you did
0: I did I bought you this I bought you Saints Row 4 I bought you the presidential edition which was you know the version they released with all the downloadable content I bought you this one it was a christmas gift no less
1: that it was ironic
0: pretty pretty sneaky pretty Mm -hmm. sneaky
1: look at that
0: pretty damn sneaky i'm i'm a little impressed that you threw that back at me (laughs) (laughs) i just had that moment like wait a minute i bought this for you you little shit
1: (laughs) well hey looks like you did know it and obviously we have played saints row together so uh Definitely would say that you have played this one.
0: I have. I'm particularly fond of the dubstep gun. I'm not going to lie. It cracks me up every time.
1: Saints Row 4
0: was a good game as far as I was concerned. I I still think the third is the best so far in the series. But I really also liked 4. 4 was a a lot of fun. Had a lot of parody. They just parodied really well in 4. It, it It was neat with the Matrix stuff and that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun on that game and uh, definitely an enjoyable one. Yeah, totally. no,
0: I, I I totally agree. I don't remember using the BB gun at all, though. I, I I used the hell out of the dubstep gun. Dubstep gun cracked me up, man. Both, the, didn't they make a normal one and a Christmas one? Or that was their own part new one. I
1: don't remember, honestly.
0: I enjoy the Santoro series. It, it's a fun game. It's a campy game. You know, originally it only got pegged as a Grand Theft Auto cheap knockoff, and I don't think that was very fair. And even if it was true and close in the, in the original Saints Row, I think that by the third one, the series had found much, much more, so found a voice of its own, and now is a really good campy series. So Saints Row 4, we both like it. Uh, what do other people think about it?
1: So, Dave, I have a couple reviews here on Steam. And the first one is from user Atretsu who goes on to say, Have you ever been playing a game near a particular holiday and thought, Man, this would be nice to be festive while playing this game? Well, look no further. How the Saints Save Christmas DLC gives a short additional quest and many aesthetics for your mass murder killing machine. Goes on to talk about the story of the game. Uh, <clears throat> goes on to talk about the story of the game and says that this DLC lasted at least an hour or two to complete. For the price I got it at and the amusement of the characters and references, it was worth getting and playing. Those of you familiar with getting DLC for games won't be surprised in the slightest. It's not like buying a whole new game. I forgot that most DLC is more of a novelty, not a double up on game time played. I digress. If you like Saints Row 4 already, and it's around wintertime, you should totally play this DLC.
0: I agree. I, I don't know. I like the kicking ass part, so...
1: Another user, user Styrax, says, I accidentally hit Santa with a purple meter-long dildo bat, but I'm still on the nice list for Christmas, so 11 out of 10. GG.
0: (laughs) We talked about the purple dildo bat recently, the Penetrator. Uh, We talked about it in our previous conversation about uh, the best weapons in video games. You brought up the dildo from Grand Theft Auto, and I brought up that Penetrator because I thought it was an awesome alternative, so... that
1: they are they're both great options for the game
0: well you know i i think i'm gonna take your reviews and i'm gonna segue into my game here i'm gonna start with reviews honestly and the first review i'm gonna give a good one and a bad one we'll see if you can you zero in on this at all i don't think you've played it it's gonna be impossible but maybe some of our listeners can put it together so blank is a hilarious game that is often overlooked for not being serious enough I wouldn't be surprised if after playing Blank, you'd be wondering why other fighting games are so serious. It is a rare example of a fighting game that can be silly and fun at the same time. My only complaint are the controls. Altogether, Blank is an amazing game that is one of my all-time favorite video games to play. Okay, there's a good review. On the other hand, this person feels that Blank fails at being the parody it's attempting to be. The character concepts fail to be a joke even though they are meant to be, and other than the characters being in this will maybe give it away, being in claymation, no jokes or humor is played off the clay. The controls are horrible and stiff, and as a fighting game the pace is slow and tedious. So, Rob, have you ever played any games in claymation before?
1: No, I have not.
0: Gotcha. So back in the sixteen bit area era, era uh, for SNES and, and Sega Genesis, there was a game called Clay Fighter. Um, no, that's a Clay Fighter and Clay Fighter Two. Clay Fighter sixty three and a third was its uh, Nintendo sixty four version. It's and a third in the series because there was Clay Fighter and Clay Fighter Two. So basically, they were games that used stop motion animation and claymation in their artwork as opposed to you know, your traditional, uh, sprites for games. And so it looked like a clay fighting video game. Uh, why it's Christmas related is because it did have Christmas based winter and Christmas based, uh, characters. There was one character called bad Mr. Frosty the fighting snowman who was a grouchy snowman who wanted to reclaim the North pole from another character who was called Sumo Santa. (laughs) So, um, Frosty would transform his frozen body in ways he'd create snowballs, create ice picks, and uh, he would punch and kick his opponents while growling, "Call me daddy." <laughs> obviously, he's a he's a parody of Frosty the Snowman. Sumo Santa is a uh, evil duplicate of Santa Claus, obviously, uh, who's conquered the New- the North Pole. You know, he's a bad Santa. It's kind of funny. There was a lot of. Uh, have you ever heard of Clay Fighter before?
1: I have not no.
0: Okay, plate fighter. The it had it was voiced by popular people. Sumo Santa was the voice of uh, Jim Cummings. The voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. The guy who has voiced Homer Simpson was was on this in this game. Crap. The guy who does Fred is Fred from Scooby Doo is in this game. Uh, the guy who has done Buster Bunny. Buddy Prince Jr. Uh, no, older older one Frank ah. Welker. So gotcha. There's just a ton of, of, uh, of known voice actors in this game. And yeah, so Sumo Santa and Frosty the Snowman. And obviously some people liked it for what it was because it did not try to keep itself. It didn't take itself seriously in any way, shape or form. It was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a, I don't know what else to say. It didn't take itself seriously it was a parody of a fighting game it was actually a fighting game but it parodied fighting games and some people either really got a kick out of that and some people either didn't you would either go one way or the other you know what i mean absolutely it wasn't that popular with the critics though it has an aggregate score of like 50% the series in general is right in the middle there but so clay fighter series particularly uh clay fighter and clay fighter 2 in the early eras and then clay fighter and a third and the Nintendo 64. Um, there was a Sculptor's Cut. uh, Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut was a, released as a rental only game, as Clay Fighter 63 and a half. And because it was released as a rental only game and not sold in retail stores, it's currently the rarest and most valuable N64 game. So, fun fact. Know what I mean?
1: Absolutely.
0: Cool beans. Well, what else you got?
1: Alright, so for my next game, it is a little close to being not part of the rules just because of when it takes place. Although, unless you really know the story of the game, you're really not going to know what it is. So, this story, I'm going to do something similar as what you did. So, I'll give you the synopsis and see if you can figure it out. So, this game in the series centers around the eponymous blank competition, which is a demolition derby which allows the use of ballistic projectiles such as missiles and machine guns. The contest is run by a mysterious man named Calypso, who grants the winner one wish that, in his own words, has no limits on prize, size, or even reality. Dave, you have any idea what this game is?
0: You know, the first one of this series came out probably about the year you were born. And that it
1: did on November 5th 1995.
0: Yeah, and I remember I remember all the ads for it with the stupid clown face. Um what's his name? Shit. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. All the ads had Sweet Tooth and uh, it was so cool. I you know the the one thing so we t- so go ahead tell them a game.
1: So, this game is Twisted Metal. Yeah. And the reason Twisted Metal is christmas there's there's a definitely uh, something we'll get to talking about, but the actual story takes place on Christmas Eve. In the first game, it begins during the 10th annual running of the Twisted Metal competition in Los Angeles on Christmas Eve 2005, and takes place every year on Christmas Eve.
0: Yeah, I I remember all the hidden secrets in the stages. And it got better as the series went on. But that was the thing, is you wanted to find all the nooks and crannies, uh, you know, shortcuts and and things you could destroy and everything. But Twisted Metal was a lot of fun. And every time, excuse me, and every time a new one came out, we were all so excited for a new one in the series. I think the last one came out in, what, 2000 ten or eleven, maybe a little later. Uh yeah, it's uh <laughs> that was a that's a good one. I didn't know that it took place on Christmas Eve at all, to be honest with you. That's uh what were some of the other cars in that series? Do you remember?
1: Oh absolutely. You had the semi that was Dollface. Okay. Um you had Axel, who was the one with the arms, the arms, yeah. Yep. I'm trying to think of ones from the original game. Obviously, you had Calypso, who was <laughs> the face behind everything. Um, you had some of the more famous ones you would know: Outlaw, the cop car. You had man; these are so many that I don't remember. Warthog, who was the Oh
0: yeah, Warhog's is a famous
1: one. Yeah, the sedan with the uh, tank truck, yellow jacket, which was the beefed up taxi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And yeah, there I, are other ones that I can't man, quite remember.
0: That's a nostalgic blast from the past,
1: for sure. That it is. And the so last specific... level,
0: the last level, and the first one, came, it was the rooftop level. Uh, that's what I remember: the suburb level and the rooftop level. I remember those specifically. I couldn't tell you what the other ones were, to be honest with you. I just remember the rooftop level.
1: Yes, one wasn't the one that I remember the most. I had most of my time spent in either Twisted Metal 3 or 4, or actually, probably Twisted Metal Black for PlayStation 2. I knew at one point, probably I could have recited most of the lines from everyone's endings in that game. <laughs> I definitely played a lot of Twisted Metal Black.
0: Nice.
1: I, so specifically, the one thing that i wanted to bring up with this game it's not just that it takes place on christmas eve and that's you know kind of a little too easy so this one specifically there was a level much to, to like dave said that was a secret unlockable level in twisted metal small brawl called holiday havoc so for those that aren't sm- familiar with small brawl yeah, this I'm is not... the version of the game where you played Not as the adult versions of the characters, but they were the teen versions of all of the characters controlling remote-controlled vehicles. So, essentially, everything was from the point of view of a remote-controlled vehicle. You were in houses, in factories, and everything was giant because you're an RC car. And the game was aimed more to a younger audience, which is kind of why they went that route. And it definitely wasn't the most popular. But still I, in my i this was one of the ones that i remember playing and i did enjoy this one quite well but it definitely wasn't the same as the rest of the games you know it definitely had that more cartoonish childish feel to it you're still blowing everything up and killing other cars but something just wasn't quite the same with this one
0: i i never played small brawl i couldn't tell you a thing about it i i, I didn't even know it existed until now which is surprising there i always get surprised when a video game falls under my radar not saying that to pu- puff myself up but i, I don't know i th- i guess nowadays it's impossible with h- the proliferation of indie gaming but back then it was easy to keep track of everything and yeah i don't remember small Brawl at all
1: yeah so. i i do remember this one pretty vividly I i know there was many different levels that i always got frustrated at trying to beat and Holiday havoc, you know, it was just one of those ones that was kind of fun to to sit, kick back and relax. So you know, normally, when you're thinking twisted metal, you're thinking grim, dark, very unwelcome, inviting place, not in very unwelcome places. Well in this version, the holiday havoc battleground is the interior of a house with a Christmas tree, presents underneath it. There's a train that goes around the track. There's a lamp, some ramps that are made out of presents. And you can't forget about Santa Claus being stuck in the chimney.
0: Interesting.
1: (laughs) Yes. You could shoot him. However, it didn't really do anything for you. Um, I do remember in this one that the sofa, you could destroy it by shooting it or actually simply by driving into a part of it. And it included the music track was a remix of the stock and roll track from the original Twisted Metal 1995. So it was definitely a very dark take on. you know, a Christmas vibe, but it was very dark and grim music. It was actually a very interesting song to hear, and I would recommend looking it up if you haven't.
0: Awesome. That's a good one. I, I didn't even know they existed, so you got me with one. Uh, oh,
1: glad to hear it, Dave. What do you got for your second one?
0: I was going to say it's really funny because the rule that you thought that Twisted Metal wasn't going to apply for is the same rule that I'm going to use to sneak this one in. Uh-oh. So, My game also takes place over Christmas. It starts on Christmas Eve. It takes place on Christmas. Uh, It's not a Christmas-themed game by any stretch of the imagination. Christmas is just the backdrop for the plot uh, of of the win. You know, funny enough, this game came out in September, and I almost did a full episode on it, but I, I felt that it was one of those I wanted to pick games that we were as a group more familiar with so this is this was an action role-playing game with survival horror elements that came out in 1998 and it's made by squaresoft and so there was that period especially after final fantasy 7 that we've talked about where they were coming out with all these games that would have like you know, motion video with great graphics and, and just be these these really cool stories. You, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely.
0: And this game was released in the midst of that. I remember all the hype for this game. I remember being super excited for this game and it, it did not, uh, it, it didn't disappoint at all. So the game I'm talking about is Parasite Eve. Have you ever heard of Parasite Eve in any way, shape or form?
1: It does not sound familiar to me, no.
0: yeah, man. It's really surprising that this fell out of the radar. This was a game. The best way to describe it is like a, a Resident Evil game because it's a horror survival game that kind of has like role playing elements and and the basis of it is is that the the plot is that there is a uh, there's a parasite going around that causes people to spontaneously combust, basically. And, and, and cells can, can, can bend and mutate and do all these other things. And they create these monsters and, and she has to fight the monsters and and do all sorts of stuff. But it's a really, really super cool role-playing game. um, That's very much like, like I said, like Resident Evil um, with a really great story. They actually made two, they made Parasite Eve and Parasite Eve 2. No, three, they made the third birthday, but I don't think I ever played the third birthday. But um, yeah, little survival horror game. I'm, I'm not going to talk much about that. I still might want to uh, do a full episode on it, but it's really cool because it takes place in New York and like you're in the museum, you know, the opening scene starts out in Carnegie Hall when this cop is on a blind date and suddenly everybody in the building spontaneously combust except for this cop and an actress on stage. And the actress is part of everything that's going on. The cop's job is to preserve or to save her. And the story just kind of unravels when you're going, what the what the fuck's going on? Why are people why are people spontaneously combusting? Why are these weird things coming after me? And why is this why is this uh, actress the only person who who nothing's going on? You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Sounds like it's, a very interesting game.
0: It is a really no. It was a very very interesting game. I would I would definitely recommend playing it. You know, it's got Carnegie Hall on it. You go to the Museum of Natural History. You go to Central Park. You, part of it is being fought on a wrecked. The Statue of Liberty gets attacked and taken down and you fight on, on in the wreckage of the Statue of Liberty. It, it's a, it's a really cool, a really cool game about mutating cells and parasites and And just, (laughs) I mean, come on, it starts out literally with a scene where an entire opera audience spontaneously combusts. I mean, what does, if you're not going to get interested by that, who are you? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't know, Dave. Uh,
0: It was a PlayStation game. Uh, I don't know if they've ever released it for anything else. So you may have a hard time finding it or playing it. But it was an original PlayStation game released in 1998. And like I said, I use the same rules you did because it takes place over Christmas Eve and Christmas. So I guess we're allowed to use that rule because I said so.
1: Well, we both kind of did it. We did. I think that's a good place.
0: I said a mini, so we've been talking for about 30. So I'm going to skip right to a quick gaming question of the week. You ready for it?
1: That I am.
0: All right. What is one game... That you've never played but everyone expects you to play or you know you should play that you feel guilty about not having played you you get what i'm saying
1: that i do this is a
0: me question like i know like there is one game that i that everyone tells me i should play i know i would love the game i've just never gotten around to it and i know that i should but i just i have it and sometimes i feel bad about it
1: Well, Dave, you always have me answer the questions first. So why don't you go ahead and tell me yours first?
0: Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I have never played KOTOR or KOTOR 2. And as a role-playing fan and a Star Wars fan, I have been repeatedly told that I'm missing out. And I consistently see it referred to as the best Star Wars game ever created. And I've just never gotten around to it. And I feel bad about it all the time. I own them. There's no reason why I I, I shouldn't have never played it. I have them I, probably on Steam. I've just never sat down to play KOTOR. And apparently I'm missing out.
1: You know, Dave, it's kind of funny that you mention that game. Because I would have to say the same. Really? Absolutely. You know, that's one that I, I definitely had on my list for a long time. And when I started looking into it, it, it reminded me so much of a World of Warcraft Star Wars that... I just I couldn't really find myself getting into it that much. And I thought about downloading it over and over again. And I just kind of never did. But every time I hear people talk about it and, you know, I kind of feel like, yeah, maybe I really should have given it a chance or maybe I still should. But to this day, it's just when I look at it, it just looks either overwhelming or just not that really breathtaking to me. So it's kind of a a mixed mixed uh, double edged sword, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you can play it still, uh, now, and I'm sure that there's a million and one mod to update it, you know?
1: Well, maybe I'll have to get into it. Maybe we both will. Maybe we'll have to finally give it that tr- that good old college try. Yeah,
0: maybe. Maybe. Well, that's a mini So I said I wouldn't keep y'all long. I'm not gonna keep y'all long. That's 30 minutes or so. I want to wish y'all Merry Christmas. Uh, Rob... Are we going to put show notes up for this episode? Yeah, well, Dave, sure.
1: yeah, I think we will.
0: Where are they going to find them?
1: Well, Dave, all of our show notes, as well as previous episodes, a little bit of information about Dave and I, and links to our other social medias can be found at www.memorycardlane.com. There you can find not only the show notes, previous episodes, you can find pictures of Dave and I with a little bit of information about us, if i ever decide to have mine updated (laughs) and you can also find links to our other social medias or ways that you can support us such as patreon so dave what kind of social medias are you on nowadays
0: you can find me on twitter at david underscore is underscore wrong where i post mostly about rocket league not even gonna lie it's like 95 percent rocket league what about you
1: i can be found on twitch.tv user fat b-o-i-r-i-p-z all one word fat boy rips
0: cool very cool well with that being said uh, rob do you have anything you'd like to add before we take it out of here
1: as always i want to say thank you to each and every one of you listening you know we'd still be here with or without you but it's a hell of a lot more fun knowing that you're out there listening and hopefully enjoying everything that dave and i are doing so if you are go ahead, please reach out to us. Let us hear from you. You got some ideas. You got some, maybe you want to yell at us, give us crap, whatever you want. We want to hear from you.
0: Right on. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to us and and hit that button and rate us on wherever it is that you listen to our podcast. So next week, we're going to do something a little different. It's going to be the end of the year. So instead of picking a game from this week, we're kind of going to do an end of the year review. We're going to take a look back at the last four months or so since we started the podcast and and talk about our experiences and talk about uh, 2020 as a year in gaming. So it's going to be more of a now than a then. But I think it's it'll be nice to kind of touch base and look back and talk about our year. So we hope you'll join us again next week as we kind of look back at the past year in a nostalgic lens as we take another trip down memory card lane. (laughs)
1: pa 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 ya pa 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 ya pa pa ya pa 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 pa